When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I know y'all got to be as bored out there as I am. And with that in mind, and it being the uh, summer, the doldrums, NFL offseason, got a little bit before training camp kicks off, I'm going to do my part and give you another five of them things because what else we got going on? All right, let's set this thing off with uh, number one. (sighs) Pocket change. Is Asante Samuel Jr. going to be the Chargers starting nickel in the 23 season? Seems that way. Uh, We don't know what's going to happen with Bryce Callahan, whether or not they're going to bring him back, even though I think they absolutely should, just for depth purposes and because Bryce balled the hell out last year when he was on the field. And he played through some injuries and still performed very well. But back to ASJ. He definitely has the skill set to man the uh, position. Quick and agile, so he can defend two-way goals. Yeah, pretty diminutive in size, but, you know, ain't all going to be perfect. And some of this might be predicated on whether or not J.C. Jackson is back at the beginning of the year. We've seen some pretty nice videos out there of him working out, making huge strides. And there seems to be some level of optimism in the building that he might be available when week one rolls around. We shall see. So let's just say best case scenario. This is what works out, right? Then you got uh, Vato on one corner. You've got JC on the outside. And then you want to line ASJ in between in the nickel, which is cool. Now, one of the drawbacks to Asante and him playing on the outside, which is why he was subbed out on earlier downs, was the tackling issue, which seems to have wavered just like a little bit since his rookie year. We know what happened with all the concussions and everything. It makes him look a little bit more tentative because before he was all about coming downhill and just throwing his body in the guys. Seems like he's making a few more business decisions nowadays, but can you blame him? And then the slide. You're going to mix it up there. You're going to have, you know, some outside stuff that maybe hits in your direction and you're probably still going to have to. Well, not probably. You're going to have to attack the run. Difference is in that clutter, you're not necessarily on an island. You got some inside help there and you're probably not going to be in a lot of one on one situations without backup. And uh, I think that might be the best spot for him. So for my money, unless they bring Bryce back. And even if they do, they probably still mix ASJ up there a little bit. But he definitely won't be playing outside on early downs. Or at least, I don't think he will if we're basing this off of last year. But who knows what the plan would be. But again, for my money, that's probably your nickel this year. So, best of luck to you, kid. Number two, a star is born. Jasir Taylor was a name that was getting a lot of buzz um, in training camp last season, and he played a little bit into the year. And kids got some juice to him. 
As far as the star role goes, I think a lot of this has to do with how the safety position plays out. At least there's some correlation. Y'all, there may be a chance that Alohi Gilman is going to be a starting free safety. With some sort of mix of JT Woods in there. We'll see how all that goes. When we get to camp, have a pretty decent idea of who the guy may be. Um, the whole John Johnson, Adrian Amos thing. I'm still hoping for the best there, but at this point, let's just say that what currently exists in the room is what they're going to roll with. All right, cool. Uh, as far as Jasir Taylor is concerned, could he man the star position? Now, you have to think about what the star actually does. He's got like linebacker responsibilities as well as nickels, so you need to be not only good in coverage, but a pretty good tackler, someone who isn't afraid of contact. Taylor seems like a rugged dude, and his athleticism can pay dividends, but also allow you to do some other stuff with Derwin. And so if the dude is ready to step up and play the position, maybe not man it full-time, because you definitely want Derwin in there from time to time doing his thing. Um, But what I'm really interested to see, outside of him just playing star, is if he has any safety versatility to play the back end, because then you could get really freaky with Derwin. Uh, in the box that is <clears throat> so Jasir, I got my eye on you man I feel really good about you from what I've seen and if you can come in and carve out a role for yourself as uh, mostly a full time star but you've got some position flexibility to play some on the back end then maybe just maybe the safety thing may not be as big of a deal as what we all feel it is Maybe, just maybe, I'm hoping, because as things are currently constructed, I am terrified. (sighs) Moving on to number three, because, of course, uh, bad dog, Mr. Murray, Kenneth, K-9. This is absolutely a make or break year for you. Although the team already seems to be uh, putting a contingency plan together. And I've already seen a practice where it looks like y'all may have been running some 7-on-7, but you didn't have a helmet on. And there's been some mention of some injuries already, which is why Dion Henley's been in getting reps. I haven't looked into it far enough, but if you, in fact, are already starting off on a bad foot or a sprained ankle or two... You could be setting yourself up for some disappointment early, early in the 23 season. All right, seeing, look at me going Ebonics. Uh, blah, 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 blah. I've already seen Mr. Henley pick a ball off and house it. And um, I'm not sure who the QB was. I don't think it was Herbert. But either way, he read it, jumped it, took it back. Uh, I don't remember the last time I've seen anything, even in training camp with you making such a play. So we've got this young guy that comes in who's got all this experience at these other positions and uh, was a former quarterback too, so he kind of understands how to read routes, QB's eyes, and all the other stuff. So it's literally just this gumbo of uh, ability that is crammed into this one dude who's also very athletic, who just so happens to play your position instinctually 
I think he might actually be better than you also. Which isn't really all that difficult. And I know it sounds like I'm bagging on the dude. But honestly, a lot of what's wrong with him isn't even necessarily his fault. He's a run and chase linebacker. And there's a role. There's a fit for guys like him in the NFL. But he cannot be your... He can't be the dude that you line up in the middle of the field and expect to have to make a play as your main linebacker. He can be a complimentary piece, but he's not the dude that you want to have to make the plays at the second level just because more often than not, because of poor tackling as far as uh, technique is concerned, we know he's super high tackler and just understanding and being able to read the flow of an offense and not getting fooled by window dressing and all this other stuff, he just doesn't grade out all that well. Um, Henley is not perfect by any means, but you can kind of see on tape exactly where the deficiencies are and the fact that they can be fixed. Whereas Murray has been around for a few years and it's the same problem. So let me ask this question. Is it a coaching issue or is the kid just not made to be what he's been pigeonholed into? I have always been of the mindset that, and I think maybe this is where Steli was going about it. Wanting Murray to be more of uh, a chess piece that you can move around the second level, maybe put him on the edge and rush a little bit. If he's coming downhill and attacking, then cool, because he may kamikaze something and make a play, blow it up from the inside. He may be able to get around on the edge and make a play that way. But you definitely don't want him sitting at the second level attempting to read and react because it's just not going to work out for him. It's never been who he is from his college days to high school. Just not that dude. Very athletic, but the instincts are just... Like the kid. Want him to succeed, but uh, I don't know, man. The end of the road looks like it's near and uh, could be approaching even sooner than what we think. Keep an eye out. And a little, little scruffy there. Time to get that cleaned up. Uh, number four, greed and succession. Did y'all watch Succession? Fabulous show. Uh, don't want to do any spoilers here, but I was actually perfectly fine with the ending. It was tragic. It was a tragic show. So heard a lot of people not super happy about it. And honestly, I think some of y'all are just trying to look too deeply into something. It was beautiful. One of the best shows on TV. Sad it's over, but the good ones always go so soon. But at least they know when to stop. You don't want stuff just kind of going on and on and on. Them not knowing how to end it in the last few seasons. Just seeming like they're in complete free fall. But that is not what this is about. Anyway. Are the Chargers satisfied with what currently exists at Edge? I'll tell you what. They're playing a dangerous game here. Uh, Drafting Thule seems like a move for the future is he going to contribute this year absolutely he'll be in rotation but Tuli's a tweener so he's a guy that you'll be able to move around but he doesn't have a dominant athletic trait or skill um you know you hope that this isn't the case though at some point you're probably gonna have some snaps either without Khalil Mack or Joey Bosa I was actually really shocked that Mac made it 
throughout the entire season last year without any real uh, time miss, especially because Bosa was out. It just felt like teams were going to be keying on him, and eventually his body would not necessarily break down, but it would be a little bit more weathered because he'd have to work a bit harder, but he held his own very well. Are you really looking for a scenario where if one of them goes down, you've got to roll with the rotation that is inclusive of a rookie player still finding his way who you can't necessarily say is a full time edge? I don't know. Maybe they think he is, but I have a feeling he's going to be moved around. Uh, and I'm actually curious to see what his playing weight is going to be going into next season. Uh, he lost a little bit of weight. I want to say for combine purposes, but Thule to me looks like a guy who should probably be playing in between like 275-ish, 280. But uh, again, we'll see how that works out depending on what the plan is for him. And then Chris Rumpf, man, who, yo, I still just don't know. Do any of us? I mean, you have hope for it. I just, uh, even looking at the dude, I'm not sure how much size he put on in the offseason. Paul Halls. But still, he looks very similar to me as uh, he did last year. It's just his frame might be close to maxed out. I don't think the dude's just not attempting to gain weight and muscle in the offseason. I'm sure that they have a very strict regimen for him, and he's an NFL uh, strength and conditioning program. It's just some guys just cap out at a certain weight. And then if you put any more on them, it affects their athleticism. And he's already not a top tier athlete. He's more of a slippery guy than he is a speed or agility guy. And he's also high effort. But yeah, the whole string bean thing or asparagus or whatever the nicknames were that they gave him. Uh, we'll probably stick with the same ones this year because dude still looks small to me. And you have Leonard Floyd signing with the Buffalo Bills. Ugh. AFC competition there and it just kind of seemed like it made sense just with his history with Staley, the Bears with the Rams, simple fit uh, think what did they pay him? 9 mil or is it something that's incentive based? I don't know might have been too rich for the Chargers blood and if that was the case then alright and then there's the news that the Vikings are uh, accepting calls about Daniel Hunter former LSU Tiger and Freakazoid, who is only due five and a half mil in 23. Now, that's a player you'd be looking to extend, but if you're in all-in mode, which the Chargers seem like they are or should be, the Bills definitely understand it, that's a play you might be willing to make. What would it take to get him off of their hands? Third, fourth rounder? I mean, how much leverage do they have? Last year was deal, right? And they'd be willing to take something over having him just walk. So, it might be something to explore. And then you got guys like Yannick and Gakwe out there in free agency. And the only thing with Yannick is, was he like 28? So, still not super old, not extremely young, but also he is who he is as a player. One of his knocks is he isn't all that great at a setting a solid edge. Uh, so he would be a rotational guy, which is fine for the right price. But right now, if I'm the Chargers, I'm paying very, very close attention to that edge uh, position. And I'm looking to add somebody else. And uh, with a guy like Hunter, 
you could have your future replacement for Khalil Mack as this is more than likely his last season as a Charger and wouldn't be shocked to see him possibly retire after this year. I'm not trying to end a guy's career at any point, but, you know, 31, 32-year-old edge rusher, uh, closer to the end than the beginning. So, see what the Chargers do. Although, uh, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I think anything major is going to happen. But again, if you are all in, then a move like Hunter, or at least getting a rotational guy like Ngakwe seems like makes perfect sense. And finally, number five, training wheels, as in it's time to take them off of Isaiah Spiller. Were people really expecting the Chargers to draft another running back in this year's draft? I mean, would it have been a shocker? Yeah. But that would have signaled something, right? That they didn't have confidence in what was behind Eckler. But if you spent a fourth round pick a year prior on a guy who was arguably the third best back in that class, then are things that bad? Is he not developing at all? Did you waste another pick? Because, I mean, you know, the Chargers are you know, famous for reaching, but I wouldn't necessarily have called Spiller reach at that point. I mean, you know, one of the better backs in the class in the fourth round, fine. Uh, but he's either going to take a step forward this year and they'll allow him to see what he really has. And the only way you're really going to be able to do that is to give him some live reps. Or they're just going to keep doing what they've been doing and riding this Josh Kelly thing out and maybe sprinkling in uh, a little bit of spillet, which I'm just saying, you know, look, I like Josh Kelly. He's fine. Uh, but there are just certain things about Spiller's game that seem like they just make a little bit more sense for this offense. Um, he's a good pass catcher. I, I don't I don't understand it. Like I keep seeing the uh, the blitz pickup stuff that people are saying is an issue. I mean, I've seen videos of him doing it very well. I mean, as a rookie, typically you come in, it's probably the worst thing on your resume because college backs don't do a ton of it. But I saw him at Texas A&M, and I've said this multiple times. I'm like beating a dead horse here. I saw him improve year over year in BPU at A&M. And he was doing that in the SEC, by the way, where there were just tons of athletes shooting gaps, coming off the edge. And he wasn't just surviving. He was winning a lot of these reps. So I don't think he got to the NFL and suddenly forgot how to do it. And then just much better vision than uh kelly and i think he understands how to press a hole a little bit better kelly has to see a wide open hole he can't necessarily anticipate it and he doesn't have great patience and feel um he's a dude that's just a one cut runner needs to get downhill see the hole and attack it and when he sees it he's bulling the china shop he's hitting it give him credit for it um but overall as far as just a tool bag is concerned Oh, man, I don't think it's even right to say that negative connotation associated with that. But y'all get what I'm saying. As far as a guy with a lot that he can mix up in his bag and be able to uh, utilize on the football field, there's more to Isaiah Spiller than there is uh, Joshua Kelly. So I would ideally like to see either a more even split of reps or at some point see Mr. Spiller take over more so in that RB2 role 
there's some other names out there. Uh, but I don't think it's really worth talking about right now. We'll wait until we get into training camp to see what they are. We kind of know what we have as far as the backfield is concerned right now based on previous history. And uh, other than that, man, I don't know. Just just super curious to see how this rotation goes because uh, Eckler's probably going to be used a little bit differently in this offense. And that RB2 spot's going to be rather important, not just from a wear and tear perspective, but because I could absolutely see them deploying two running backs often in a few different sets. So, uh, you know, just got to see how it goes. But that's it from me, your boy. I uh, appreciate you taking time out to listen to me per you, Jal. Until the next one, y'all take it easy, be cool, uh, and I'll be back with another five of them things for your head top. Next time around, be easy. Go. Oh.